Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose, regardless of self-doubt and what others think. As your host, I'm your human connector. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my superhuman network, a network of 20-something-year-olds, as well as a sprinkle of some older ones who have truly enriched my life by sharing tools that have helped them to navigate their 20s in order to get closer to their dreams. These relationships and conversations have had a deep impact on my personal and spiritual life, allowing me to create my very own syllabus. On each episode, one superhuman will share their breakthroughs, aha moments, as well as the resources that have helped them to find peace, knowledge, energy, and success in their 20s. At the end of each episode, a guest speaker will leave you with several syllabus steps and homework to practice and embody in between each month's episode. I challenge you to digest these stories and allow them to help you curate your very own syllabus, whether that's related to career, personal development, spirituality, love, you name it. We're in this process together, working together towards creating a personal syllabus that is unique to our souls. At the end of each month, we will have a new written step direction, and a conscious goal to work on. So when we get to the end of a regardless season, we have seasoned. Alrighty, let's get to work. Welcome back to yet another regardless episode. I cannot believe we are already on episode six. Pretty crazy how time flies. Thank you to each and every one of you that come back each week to listen learn, and truly level up episode after episode. Now, for today's episode, this is a conversation I am so juiced for, as this topic is something that has been really a major theme for myself growing up, and really especially even more in my 20s. We are chatting about what it means to be unapologetically yourself. And for this topic, I couldn't think of a better person to have this heart-to-heart with other than my Canadian friend, 28-year-old, modern-day Willy Wonka, Jake Carls, the co-founder and rainmaker of Midday Squares. Midday Squares is the number one vegan protein bar company in the world, basically. Jake Carls has built a chocolate snacking empire from the ground up, driving the company to achieve $10 million in revenue to date. Jake started Midday Squares alongside his sister, Leslie Carls, and his brother-in-law, Nick Saltarelli. Jake and his team began their journey producing 450,000 squares in the first year. Since then, they've had a 1,700% increase in just three years, leading them to produce 8 million squares this past year, and has been featured in Forbes, the Canadian Grocery Magazine, Family Feud, Brand Insider, The Great Shopping Channel, and more. Not only am I a freaking super fan of midday squares, seriously, cannot go a day without eating, especially the peanut butter flavor, um, but I'm even more a fan of Jake Carl's 
Jake, your energy, your zest for life, your positivity, and your drive is just purely contagious. And I couldn't be more honored to have you as a guest on Regardless because you and your story is powerful. Let's fucking go, as you would say. (laughs) Yo, what an intro. What an introduction. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I've been on a lot. And I haven't heard an intro like that yet to date. So I just want to congratulate you on the energy you just gave on that. And, you know, the praise, you know, we're just getting started. We are going to be a modern day chocolate conglomerate. And the goal is really to do it while being unapologetically ourselves. So Mm. it's such a passionate topic for me today. You know, usually I talk about our business and, you know, all that stuff, the growth and all that jazz. And that's, that's like, whatever. I think what's really key, and I'm happy that we're talking about this is the truth of like being you, being you is the most important thing in life. If you're not yourself every day, if you're not firing those engines of being you, you are not going to succeed at the highest level you can. You are not going to reach your potential. So I don't know, for me, I learned that it took a lot of time in my life, I think to 26 years to learn that or 27 years. And then I finally found it. My raison d'etre, my reason why, I guess, came and I realized it. And then it was like freedom. It was just like, I just want to be me every day. And it sounds so cheesy. But when you figure that out, I promise you, you start feeling purely on fire. That's awesome, Jake. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know there's tons of podcasts out there that are purely, you know, wanting to know the back end of, you know, midday squares and really just the business strategy. But today I just really want to focus on you. Um, And you know that my podcast is called Regardless. Um, So from this really conversation, I really want to get to know your journey and what was it like for you to get to this place of, you know, you're 28 years old and really being unapologetically yourself regardless of the limitations you faced and what were these limitations? What were your regardlesses? Because regardless of the limitations that you did face, you are where you are now. Um, So we obviously have a lot to learn from you. So are you ready? Oh, I'm fucking ready. Let's start those engines, baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jakey. What does it mean to you to be unapologetically yourself? What is your personal definition? Feeling like a purpose in life and, and, and loving what you do, whether that be with your friends, whether that be in work, whether that be just you know at your home. I think that's what being unapologetically means and not caring about what the noise is out there or what others are thinking about you. And once you drop that, ego is gone and everything you do in life is actually, the, the sky's the limit on it because you're your most powerful source. And I think people forget that. People forget that being themselves and not someone else is what will make magic. It's not the other way around. You putting on a narrative that isn't you is a hard struggle. You putting the narrative that is you is just easy. It flows. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us look at celebrities and influencers and we try so hard every day to be like them. And we're not getting there because it's not, it's not easy. It's not us. Do you mind like sharing your experience in your 20s, perhaps college, as I know you were a Sigma Chi at Western University? Um, and when did this theme or the phrase of really being unapologetically yourself become really important to you? What led up to this? So I think I went through an incredible phase in my life during my 20s that, that really was not Jake. It wasn't me. And I'm happy that I went through it because I think a lot of people in this world go through this and they go through it not just in their 20s, but maybe in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s. And they realize at 67 years old, holy shit, life just passed. And I, I, and I wasn't myself. And what happened to me was I was always a troublemaker in high school. I was the class clown and I loved being it. That was actually who I was. So when I was in high school, I actually was unapologetically myself. Yeah. I thought it was 
I was being me. I was immature, pranking people all day, putting stink bombs in the class, you know, throwing water at people in the class. I was doing everything, bringing water guns to the professor. It was just so fun. And I actually loved life then. I was not even sad or I didn't think of anything or I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like question anything. I was just living in the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Suddenly I get to college and sorry, CJEP. CJEP is something that we have in Quebec where I'm from, which is great. It's great. Basically grade 12 and 13, right before you go to college university and you have to do it where I am. And that was the moment when everyone was kind of advancing and doing their careers and choosing what they were going to go into and academically becoming stronger and stronger. Me being the class clown, guess what? My marks in high school were like 60s and 50s and sometimes 70s. So I, I barely made it out of there. And mm-hmm. I didn't take that into consideration, but the whole world around me was advancing and I was actually potentially moving backwards. And that's when I realized that, holy shit, I can't be this class clown or this person like Jake, who I love being. I need to be part of society's you know, box of mm-hmm. life. And what I did was I said to myself, I'm going to show that I'm smart to everyone. I'm going to show my friends that I'm smart. I'm going to show my parents, my family, everyone around me that I'm this smart guy and I could take it seriously. I could do school seriously and I could win. And so I, st- I went into business school, like it's grade 12 and 13 in business. And I worked my ass off. I hated every moment of it, but I worked my ass off to get decent grades. I'm talking like mm-hmm. 70, 75. But people started looking at me a little differently. They're like, oh, he, he's kind of smart. He's no longer the class clown. And I started kind of hating life a little bit in the sense where I was just like, something's wrong. I didn't know what it was, but something was bothering me. And then I, I went into college. I, I applied to college and I actually got into a lot of colleges and I went into a program, which is the craziest program in the world. And the only reason why I did it was because the noise around me didn't believe I could do it. So it's not that they didn't believe, they were just like doubting it. And not in a rude way, in an indirect way. Like my, you know, the family members, you know, my friends, I wanted to be this actuary. So actuarial science is what I studied at, at my college at Western. And I went, it's the hardest program. It's 20 people, it's mm-hmm. stats and math, and it has nothing to do with any socialization. You simply just study mortality tables. You predict when people Damn. die, it's the craziest thing. And I just remember going into it and getting into the program and being proud that I was able to show the world that I could do that, you know, but little did I know I really didn't want to do it. And so I went into university, I got in and I was trying to prove everyone something. I was trying to prove the world that I could do it. I could, I could prove my parents. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to make money after I'm going to get a great job. And my friends were all becoming lawyers, doctors, all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I'm at the same level because I'm in this professional that's doing this crazy statistical stuff. And I started burning inside. Like my, I remember Mm. I was struggling mentally. I was struggling. I literally felt miserable, but I put on a fake thing every single day showing happiness that I was killing it. And that I was telling my friends like, yeah, I'm passing, even though barely passing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was horrible. I could never see you in that type of environment. No, no. But the people in the class were like, something's wrong with this guy because I was so different. And basically I started third year. I was like, holy shit, I got to give this up. I realized at that moment, I was like, this isn't me. I'm hating my life at school. Even though people think I'm having the time of my life, I'm faking everything. I'm not being myself and I'm just doing it for others. I'm not doing it for Jake. And it hit me and I was like, you know what? I'm going to drop out of this program. I'm just going to drop out of it. I have a second degree lined up. I'm going to drop out of it. And I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't (laughs) care. I, I, I came to peace with my parents being disappointed my friends being disappointed, society saying, oh yeah, Jay can't do it. Obviously he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that bricks came off the shoulder. I started feeling energy. 
I started partying. I started meeting people. I started socializing. I started having time in my life. I joined Sigma Chi, the fraternity. I started playing hockey. I started doing all my stuff that I loved doing in life while I was in university. And I slowly started to realize what my superpower was. It wasn't academics. I didn't want to be an academic. I didn't want to work in the professional world. I knew that people and humans were what energized me, not yeah. stats, investment banking, law. That's not what energized me. And suddenly I started realizing, oh my God, I could throw these parties. I could do these cool events. I could start organizing people and making a community around it. And that was the moment I realized that Jake Carls is not supposed to be a professional. I got to be an entrepreneur because I got to go do this stuff, which is people might not understand. They, may, they might think, oh, he's just a party or he's just this, but it had nothing to do with that. I no. was a connector. And that's, that's when I left. I graduated college and I, I didn't go into a job. I started a clothing company that basically threw parties on college campuses. And, and then I'd create a pop-up shop experience and sell clothing. And I did that for two years, but I didn't know how to operate a business. So again, it kicked in where I had this cage or societal like pressure where I said, well, if I own a company, I need to manage. I need to be able to operate a business. So I was trying to operate while that was my weakness. And I was again, doing something for other people or the noise out there. And it was making the business fail. Yet the other side of the business, the community side, the hype, the fun, the excitement, the people, I was killing it. At that. Yeah. I was having the time of my life. And two years in, I actually had to shut the business because I couldn't operate it. I lost 75,000, but I had you know, 10% of the NFL wearing my clothes. I, had, I was throwing these crazy events. And that's when my brother-in-law and my sister approached me for Midday Squares. And they're like, hey, Jake, we want you to be our third partner, but you don't need to do any operations. You need to just be Jake. We need you to come in and be Jake. And I said, I looked at him, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is that? Like, what the heck does Jake mean? And they're like, just be you. Do exactly what you love doing every single day and be yourself. And it kind of like screwed up my mind. I was like, I don't know what that means. Do I have to have structure? Do I have to do this? Do I have to be in the office? Do I have to do all this stuff? And it slowly started to realize that, no, what I'm supposed to be doing is something which I call a rainmaking position today is just build excitement, get people fired up, make them feel something and bring the network into mm. the brand. And when I started to finally do that, I finally felt real freedom and real freedom is something where you, you don't worry about anything. It's just like the judgment doesn't make a difference. You're doing for you. You're not doing for others and you're actually flowing at a great energy. And I don't know. Today, I, I feel like I'm on fire. There's moments of shit. Don't get me wrong. So nothing's perfect. Um, but the difference of not being perfect compared to what I was trying to do is before I was trying to fit in a box that I don't fit in. Now I'm in a box that doesn't even, doesn't even have walls. So I can do anything I want. And I think that's the power. And I'm trying as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur to show that you could win in business or anything you do, whether you're working for a job or whether you have a business yourself, you could win by being unapologetically yourself. And that's the most fun way of winning. And you don't have to follow the typical playbooks. There's no such thing as a playbook if you're building your own thing or you're, you're in a corporation and there's red tape, break the red tape, shatter it, kill mm. it. Because when you block people from being themselves, you're limiting progress in the world. So that's my story of coming to the factor of 20, after 28 years and being now unapologetically myself. Wow, Jake, that's phenomenal. 
You know, I always love this question is asking your closest friends or the people in your circle, like, what is your most favorite thing about me? That really goes to show, you know, what are your gifts and kind of finding those gifts within business, your career. And that's kind of what you did, which is so awesome. You're a human connector and you were able to really utilize your number one gift in this world into your own business, um, which happened beautifully. But, you know, it is hard when we're we always bombarded by society and all these crazy pressures for us to be, you know, making enough money. Um, and then also just self-comparison to our friends who have, you know, careers like, you know, whether a doctor, a lawyer, um, a scientist, even in sales. It's just, I think just listening to your intuition, what you're freaking good at. But do you think that this, you know, this sense of fearlessness that you've really experienced, do you think it stemmed from, you know, perhaps the support that you got from your family? Where would you say that this really came from and really supporting you to where you are now? So I think being surrounded by people that were re- like somewhat fearless in things. So my father, you know, he, he took a risk when he was 28 um, went bankrupt and started his own business from there and, and built it to something very successful, not my style of business, but um, something where I watched him take risk that was tremendous and didn't listen to the noise around him. Mm-hmm. That's one person. My mother's very fearless in a lot of different things, but she has a lot of fear in other ways and we're helping her now actually come out of that. Um, but, and then my sister is an entrepreneur. My brother, is, my actual brother is an entrepreneur as well. And my brother-in-law, who's my partner, is an entrepreneur as well. So I've been surrounded directly with people that have blocked the noise out, taken the heat, and actually kept pushing forward. And I think that you don't always have to be physically surrounded by people. You could be in like, I read a lot of books. And I feel like these people that I'm reading the books about, like these biographies or these individuals, they're also in my corner. They're, they're telling me their story. They're letting me get into their brain, which then I feel how they feel. So it just gives me this energy that I realize that once you find that or your crew or your people or your surrounding or whatever it is, you start to adapt to it. You know, when I was in my early ages at college, I was always comparing myself and yardsticking. Um, to individuals and saying, oh, well, he, he or she got 90%, I got 58 or, or he or she got this job, but you know, an investment banker and I got rejected by every single one. So I would get angry. I'd get this like anger. And then it was like, I was thinking of, well, I'm, I'm an outcast in society. I'm like this individual who's just like a complete fail, complete failure, especially when all your friends who I love to death mm-hmm. are amazing jobs. They're doctors, lawyers, accountants. Um, so they have this stability which I was, I was always impressed by and I was always fascinated by. But again, I was comparing, you know, but every individual is different. And when you realize that, you know, you start to be proud of certain things. Like I have a lot of weaknesses. I have learning disabilities. I have something called dyspraxia, which is a um, fine motor skill problem. I can't write properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have problems with writing in English. That was my biggest insecurity. I, I felt like I couldn't write or convey messages. Um, I also, I just feel like that, you know, those insecurities that when I was younger, getting over those and kind of using them as empowerment where my weaknesses then become something that's actually an advantage for me. Um, That was a big change up too. And also learning to eventually play to your strengths and actually focus on strengths, not weaknesses. So like when we, when I joined as the third partner in midday squares, I thought I had to manage people again. Even though they said, be Jake, I told myself being an owner of a company, you must have to manage people. So I put a title called the CMO which was just a title of chief marketing officer or something. And I was like, oh shit, I got to manage these people in the marketing department. And I absolutely hated it. 
I yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> because I was doing something I'm really bad at. And finally, six months in, I realized after tons of therapy with my partners, I said to them, I need to get out of this management job. And, and they're like, finally, you realized it. Like, we were going to tell you this. We want you to come to yourself. It was like, I'm weak at that. Why would I continue to bang a nail that's not going in when I can go bang a nail that will go right through the wall? And that was me being me. And then I started to become the rainmaker and I started getting managed actually in the company. And I felt so fucking good. But again, people are so scared of judgment. They're fearful. And they're like, you know, they, they read things and they, they feel like they have to. And it's like, I wish the world would have more thought leaders that are focused yeah. on inspiring people to find themselves. And Jake, I love how, you know, instead of falling victim to some of your learning disabilities, et cetera, you've decided to rise above that and focus on strengths rather than things that maybe we're not good at or comparing ourselves to others and being like, well, you know, I'm not great at math. Therefore I'm not smart. or I didn't get the best grades in school. Well, the education system is so freaking tiny in comparison to life, you know, in general and how many gifts and talents and personalities are out there. So I think just having a, a larger perspective and understanding for possibilities, I guess, and just being open is really important. You got people need to be open-minded more. I think, um, I think we're in an era where humans, humans finally can come out and be themselves. Um, I think, you know, from every angle, from, like I said, personal or business, like there's this turning point where authenticity and transparency is becoming the most popular thing um, because it's what's relates to the individual. And finally, judgment is starting to like that wall of judgment is failing a little bit. Right. So mm -hmm. what's happening is, is it's almost like just do you. And like, I feel like the second that starts to happen, you start to see people doing them and actually becoming very impactful in terms of success. People are going to start to fall on that wagon and be like, yeah, I'm going to go be me because it's possible. Yeah. You don't have to be blocked by the wall. You don't have to, you could actually just break it through it um, and trailblaze. And I think, we're, we're seeing a lot more of it, but we need more and more and more and more people to, to keep coming out and speaking about it. Because if it's just not spoken about, no one's going to do it. No. And I, just so you know, I'm obsessed with you and your social media presence. Um, honestly, people who see you and your complete authenticity and loving life and loving yourself, that's what we want. We don't want some like perfect looking influencer who's like posing and looks like they have this perfect life. That's not what sells. That's not what people want. And your energy is so inspiring. And I feel like whenever I see you, even like now over zoom talking to you, like, I feel like I can just touch and like literally grab your energy and it's, it's contagious. And the more that people are, are really, you know, taking that energy in and creating their own energy and their own authenticity via social media, I feel like the more that will be contagious and it will, it will spread more, hopefully. Yeah. Well, first of all, your energy is quite contagious too, you know, and that's what, you know, when we first met, you know, I can't remember maybe a year and a year a bit ago. Yeah. Uh, I just felt your vibe. I felt, I felt that, that, that energy, which was you being unapologetically yourself. And, and I loved it and it fired me up. And that's why I'm pumped that we stayed close over time. But you said something really important about, you know, like spreading energy is super important, you know? And like, for me, like, that's my goal is to spread good energy and show it, you know, and I think that a lot of brands don't realize that authenticity is not just showing the good. Um, it's actually showing the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm. 
it's great to share milestones because people want to cheer you on. They really do. But it's also important to share your failures and, or your, your learnings or your, your, you know, like, for example, if you're in a crisis, the real emotions of what you're going through, because it's what's relatable out there. So yeah. other people are doing that and going through it so they could use that, that just that piece of, of just like relatability and, and, and touching this where it's like you going through the exact same thing in LA and I'm doing that in Montreal. And it's like, okay, well, we're in the same boat. And it feels good. It feels nice. So when we share these things as a business, at first people are like, whoa, this company is going very vulnerable, very open, too open almost. And then people start to realize that, holy shit, I want to be part of this, this journey. I want to be on the roller coaster with them because how could you not cheer them on when they're hustling so much? They're sharing everything. They're not hiding anything. There's nothing to sneak around. And then you look at competitors as conglomerates, companies that are like old school conglomerates. There's so little creativity and so little authenticity that it's like, you don't even know what's going on in those companies. It's zero clue. All you see is the product and that's it. You don't see any human. Yeah. So for us, it's in our DNA. We've been storytelling since day one of the business. We took out our iPhones or whatever. We each had an iPhone in August, 2018. That was the day we launched August 4th. And we just started filming everything so that if my sister was crying from, you know, her hand, her, her arthritis kicking in from making the bars, we would film that. And that showed this depth, not this surface level stuff, this depth that again, created this empathy or this idea of, I love these people. Mm. And then that's when the humanization took over. And then they're like, I just want to be part of this brand. And that's powerful at scale. Very powerful because you're, you're giving people a new way to, in, to engage with the business. Absolutely. Um, and vulnerability is a huge, huge aspect of that. And that's why I love you guys so much is your social media is just so, so authentic. And I feel like I'm able to just follow your journey as thought leaders, thought provokers, businessmen and businesswomen. And it's pretty amazing. And also when you were talking about there's going to be good, there's going to be bad. It's just like a movie like Spider-Man. Like the reason why we love heroes so much is because we're able to see them fail. We're able to see them cry, be vulnerable. And that's what I think brands and business owners needs, need to understand more is kind of show it all. And humanize a brand, make us feel connected, engage with us, be human with us, sit in the suck, and then also celebrate just fantastic moments. Um, that's also why I created Regardless, which I can relate with you because I think just being authentically human and growing together. Um, and that's why I love Midday. That's why I love you. I think honestly, Jake, it takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of freaking maturity to be able to understand that ego, which you brought up at the beginning of the episode, is what originally kind of got in your way of really getting to the, the point of being on a, unapologetically yourself a little bit faster. And how were you able to drop the ego and step into a place of courage, love, and really just embracing the unknown? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the ego, the ego always got in my way because that's what the noise was. It was always listening to the noise out there and saying, well, you shouldn't do that, Jake, or you have to do that because this is what this person's doing. And it was a lot of yard sticking talk. Right. And most danger, that's the most dangerous talk for anybody in this world. Um, but then when I, when I joined midday squares, the first thing my partners asked me to do was sign a document that said that we were going to do business therapy together once a week. So in good or bad times, meaning we were going to see a therapist together and work on communication, have hard conversations. It'd be a safe zone and get, get to know each other, even though it's my sibling and my brother-in-law at a very deep level from a partnership angle. Right. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy as shit. I, I, this was in August, 2018. I was like, I'm the, I'm in great moods and I don't need no therapy. Never been to a therapist. And, um, 
they're like, well, we can't do this partnership unless you do that. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do two, two sessions. Then I'm done. And I really thought that that would be useless for me. And then when I went to those two sessions, they were one of the hardest sessions of my life of just like deep conversation to the point where it was like, it was very, it was very, we had to do constructive criticism in there because it was a safe zone for us to talk to each other, not as siblings, but as business partners, but it would have to get deep. And I became the biggest advocate for therapy. Now I am, of course, and I go once a week and I, I always tell people whether they're in relationships or partnerships, um, you need it because it's a way yeah. to understand the other or understand how to communicate. People don't see things the same way. Right. And I worked with him, Dr. James Gavin on dropping that ego and took six to eight months to understand how to drop it. So we worked very hard to understand what I love, who I am as an individual, get deep into that, speak to my partners about that, be very open. And then finally it all came together after like tons of personal work to realize that the ego is not useful at all. And even like, taking things personally, you know, like these were things I had to learn. I had toolboxes of, uh, of just ideas and strategies to take and, 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 and execute. And, um, I recommend therapy. I really do. If you get the right therapist, um, be open-minded and try it because, and it's not gonna take one to two sessions. It's going to take many, um, committing can be consistent even in good times. And, uh, it worked, it worked for me. It worked for my sister. It worked for my brother-in-law. And now it's working for people that I've recommended it to, um, because it's powerful. Wow. I mean, snaps to Leslie and Nick for making you do that. That's pretty phenomenal. I don't think I've ever heard of a business making a commitment every week to going to therapy. That's pretty badass. It's badass. And he, it's two hours. Uh, it's a lot. It's actually very deep sessions. And we, we sometimes record them um, to show people like, you know, yeah. how, how it actually is, but it's tough. Like they take a lot of energy out because you're giving your energy to really hard conversations. And I don't believe the midday squares would be alive today if we didn't go to that, that, that therapy consistently for the last three years. I really don't think we would because we would have, you know, hated each other. I mean, 100%. I, I come from, my mom's a therapist. So I feel like I've kind of gotten just like free therapy my whole life, but I'm actually looking into getting one in LA. But for those listening in LA, actually just side note, really cool, Jake, you should check it out when you're here, but it's literally a storefront in Brentwood called OK Humans, and they offer walk-in therapy. Pretty amazing. I mean, even if you are at a corporate job and they don't offer any you know, corporate or partnership therapy, I highly recommend seeing a therapist working on your own shit, and it's going to take time, and you have to be consistent, and it's going to be freaking emotional, but it helps in every area of your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's powerful. It's, it, you know, I, it's helped me personally grow, be a leader um, and just be more empathetic for, to everyone in the world. And, and, and again, not put up the ego wall. It doesn't come up. Even if you attack, if you're, even if you're, someone's attacking me, my ego wall doesn't go up. I actually learn how to deal with the situations in a very organized format of sense of my emotions and my thoughts. And yeah. I don't let emotionality take over. Um, so I guess, I guess, yeah, I recommend if, if you, you know, hopefully you can afford it and if you can't, it, it is a great investment. Um, and I'm grateful to have invested tons of money into it. And I hope to continue to do that forever, to be honest. Yeah. And also side note, understanding that ego usually tries to protect us. So that's why that wall kind of c comes up, but it's understanding really to bring that down and be vulnerable and work through the emotions and communicate. You know, our society places tons of expectations 
and pressure, especially on men, um, to really choose careers, hobbies, activities, even personalities and clothes even to really prove strength or masculinity. Um, curious, what has your experience been like as a man deciding to step in, doing what you love and staying true to you despite the external pressure, societal norms and stressors? Like what kind of advice can you share for my male listeners? Yeah, I don't follow. I don't follow any of that the societal stuff. Um, I only did that in like high, after high school, going into college. I was like, I need to get a job. I need to take care of a family. Like I started worrying about that kind of stuff. But I, after that, like I, you know, for me, I just I'm just me. And I think that's the power of dropping everything. The ego blocking the noise out. When you block noise out, everything just becomes present in front of you. You start feeling things. You start doing things. You start executing. And next thing you know, you don't worry. You don't worry about these kind of things. And for me, like, yeah, I, I don't even look at this. Like this question is difficult to me because I don't have an answer because I'm, I'm actually being myself every day. I have no, I have no pressures on that side of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see it in other people. I do see, I watching other people go through it. And it's actually very sad because the world shouldn't be like that. It, you know, everyone, everyone's the same. Everyone's actually the same as we're all, we're one human on the planet. Right. And um, there shouldn't be differences for different people or different, you know, different folks. I think everyone just needs to, to realize that you are you and that's it. And you are just you. And you've got to bring that individualism out that I was telling you about and, and block all that extra nonsense noise out there whether that's pressures, whether that's judgment, whether that's um, artificial junk in life, be you. And it comes back to our first statement unapologetically and, and, and you will win. You will win in life, whatever winning means to you. It's awesome. You know, Jake, you're so bold, your zestiness and personality. I mean, I, especially being me and having a similar, I'd say similar energy. Um, we're both kind of just really out there sorts of people, but you know, I've have like received in the past from even peers, maybe strangers or romantic interests that, you know, I'm too much. Um, And I'm curious if you've ever received, you know, any negative feedback or judgment from people in your life who've stated that you're too much. And I know that this happens to a lot of people who tend to take the road less taken. And sometimes it's because people don't truly understand you. It may trigger insecurities with them. Yeah. Have you experienced this? And if so, how did you respond or how would you respond? I experience it quite often. Um, first of all, I love that you're out there. Um, I think that's what, you know, attracted me to, to do, to be friends with you and, and to, to get to know you. I think that was something that triggered my mind, but I think for me, um, I go through it all the time, you know, being a very loud entrepreneur that, that speaks, that speaks about everything, um, you know, about what I'm going through, for example, like vulnerability to like crazy highs to crazy lows. Um, I dance all the time on camera. I don't give a shit. I don't care what people think. (laughs) I've dealt with a lot of people saying like, what are you doing? Like, who are you? Like, what's your problem? Why are you so like weird? Um, And I've learned to accept being misunderstood and be okay with it. Um, because at the end of the day, I I'm doing what I do best. Right. And I'm doing, I'm in my greatest state right now, to be honest, but I'll never forget a story where I got received a message three months ago on LinkedIn from this individual. And it said, Hey, Jake, dot, dot, dot. At first I disliked you. Then I felt you were weird. Then I started to be intrigued by you. (laughs) Then I was interested in you. And then now I'm fascinated by you and I just bought your product and I feel like I'm going to love you. And 
it's like I go through those kinds of emotional rollercoasters with people all the time because, again, humans put judgment right away yeah. on, on other individuals until they get to see them in, in depth. You know, like I might look like this crazy, funky dude, which I am, but I, I do everything methodically and strategically. And I think that that's where people get mixed up. They always judge on one thing. And if we just didn't give people a fair chance every single time in life, I think this place would be a way better place to live and, and enjoy because humans for some reason automatically judge and, mm-hmm. and, and usually for the negative, not for the positive. Yeah. And I think it takes some time for people to really trust authenticity. Um, I've had many friends in the past meet me and they didn't trust that my, my niceness or friendliness was real or authentic. And then it takes, it takes time for them to build that trust. Well, Jake, let's close this episode out with regardless syllabus steps which is a time for us to really recap what we've learned from your journey and how we can actually integrate your insight into our personal lives. Um, so Jake, with that being said, did you have any like specific tools, books, resources that have really helped you to stay true to yourself, your dreams, your vision, and what has really supported you on your journey and being unapologetically you? How can we 20 something year olds really cultivate authenticity into our daily lives? So a couple things. So first off, surround yourself with bold people, Um, people that actually elevate you and not carry you down. I think, you know, that will take you out of the yardstick in comparison because you'll feel good about the people around you that are uplifting you. I think number Mm -hmm. two, start doing things that make you uncomfortable and it will, you'll eventually become comfortable with that. And then once you get out of that, that, that comfort zone to doing crazy cool things, you're going to slowly do more and more and more and more, and you're going to get more comfortable with yourself in uncomfortable zones. Um, and then three is for me, don't look at the future and don't look at the past, live in the present. Um, when you're looking in the past, you get stuck up on things and in the future, you're like always gunning and chasing. And that's not the way to go. You, you could build something amazing by having a goal. Don't get me wrong, but don't, don't, don't consistently compare yourself. I think, um, and the fourth thing is the most important thing is block out the noise. Um, even if it's your closest people to you that you love. Um, sometimes the noise is dangerous because it puts you in a weird mindset. So I would block out that noise and social media is a very great, they're great platforms, but they have a lot of content on there. That's like we said before, it's just not authentic. So you start to put yourself in this weird mind zone where you're like, well, what about that? And blah, blah, blah. You compare yourself, you're worried about the judgments. And then guess what? You, you get into this analysis paralysis and you start failing. And mm. I think you need to use it to, 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 for, for, I use it for connecting with people and I use it to share my lifestyle, but I share the truth and it feels fucking good. When you start letting the truth out, you're going to feel like a hero. I promise you. But when you start trying to be that picture perfect and all that jazz, that's when you start to play with your brain in a very weird way. And it's dangerous for a book. I would say, um, oh yeah, this is a good book. So front row, I I think it's called front row. And what it is is about general electric and, and it's about, the ex-CEO that was there named Jeff Immelt, Immelt. He took a lot of scrutiny um, for his job. He was there 14 years as a CEO. He came after Jack Welch, which, is a, which was one of the most famous CEOs of all time. And he took a beating because he was true to himself, but he was getting shattered for all the things he was being himself. And it, it hurt the company for the time being, but it was, it was for the greater good of the future for the company. So he took the pill, took the, hate, the heat, and he stayed true to himself. He stayed in the pocket the longest he with he withheld that pressure 
and he, he made it through. But today, still, people don't look at him as this great CEO. They actually look at him as this bad one. But he's okay with it because at the end of the day, what he did was true to him. Wow. So when I read that book, I just felt these vibes of being like, shit, I've gone through moments of that, like where, where he went through it. And it's helped me just be okay with a lot of things. So I think if you have time and you're interested in that, that world, read that. Yeah. Otherwise, just, just go have fun. I love that. Relax and enjoy and have fun. Uh, Jake, okay, one more question. This is the most important one. Drum roll, please. So please, <laughs> fi- <laughs> please fill in the blank. So regardless of blank, I'm unapologetically myself. Regardless of judgment. Love it. Okay, now you have to state, state, state the whole thing. Regardless of judgment, I will always be unapologetically myself. Love, 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 Jake. Jake, thank you for being unapologetically you. You've made such a freaking impact on my life. You are a rock star. I love you. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Now, everyone, go buy a midday square available. <laughs> Erwan, Whole Foods, where else? <laughs> where Jimbo's uh, sprouts on our website, Amazon, the whole nine yards. I love it. I love it. You're the best, Jake. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin. Thank you for tuning in to Regardless. Now go kick some ass.